It is Saturday the 30th of October 2021 and this is episode 404 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. Hello, I am Chris. If you haven't joined us before, and Ian, as ever, is here as well. I'm Chris. Even if I mean, even if people have listened before, I'm still Chris. I was going to say you never. It's like where else would you be? I don't know. But if you haven't listened before, welcome along to our uh, podcast. Um, four hundred and four episodes in. What have you? You know, what's taken you so long? Yeah, and, and and I'm actually amazed. The sun's come out. I think this is the first time I've seen the sun in about a week. It has been very wet. And, I was um, volunteering at Parkrun this morning, and that's at Worthing Seafront, and it was the wettest, most horizontal rain I have ever been a part of and had to stay in for two to three hours. So I am just about drying out now. I, I do think um, um, it's almost like the weather has turned to being very wet, just to welcome all the, the COP attendees to Glasgow. <laughs> just to, yeah, just introduce them to the realities. Welcome to Scotland. It is wet. <laughs> Not wet over at the Apple event um, that happened uh, just just last week. Feels like I was just saying to you earlier, it feels like a long time ago now, but they uh, came along and they told us some stuff which we didn't know. They introduced some new products which we didn't have before. So let's go through what they talked to us about. They talked firstly uh, as an amuse-bouche about their music um, sort of services. Um, And yeah, and no one really cared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly so the the only thing i did care about the music one was it was it's one of the first time in years i've done a little um intro piece a little video that i actually liked so it was like somebody um clearly sitting in a very expensive garage um and using all like historic apple products to make up a little a little tune uh, and it was really well done it was it was i, I loved it and um, but yeah the stuff they announced was like you know it's like an app apple music voice plan like five a five in a month so you can control you get access to all the music but you can only control it via your voice right no 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 going to your you know a client anywhere and making up playlists so you can just talk to siri and get it yeah um and i i thought that was cock but seemingly amazon <laughs> do it and others are doing it so it's like a cheap i'm guessing it's a way of forcing them into that into you know into you know using that sort of service uh, but it's a yeah, bit strange just, isn't it just felt like a, a tick box and there's also a whole other new um, playlist so you can again you you can talk to so you can say um you know it's it's like you know play me a a driving you know playlist or play me a i don't know i'm playing a, i'm doing a sport play me the playlist and it'll so they've created I think, 300 different playlists which was like whatever and there's home so, minis with colors. So if you want something specific, you really have to know your stuff then. Because, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's rubbish. I mean, it's, it's mm. like, and, and I mean, it's like, I'd, I don't know, I struggle with it at the best of time. You know, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit here. I've got the HomePod next to me. I'm not going to sit here and ask that. But so the they got their, oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just saying HomePod mini. And I was like, oh, maybe there's an update. And it's just colors. So three, they look three pretty. Colors. They, they did look pretty, but it was like. They're still cheap? Uh, ish. Ah, $99 isn't that perfect for Apple gifting category, isn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, to be uh, honest, uh, they sell cables more expensive than that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like a man that's bought cables. I, I bought cables uh, recently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then AirPods, AirPods, sorry, AirPods, AirPods third gen. So sort of I, I, I just going, 
an already successful product and they've just sort of enhanced it, really. Uh, yeah, they look like the pros, so they're kind of shorter stem and they've done away with the touches and you need to squeeze it, um, but they don't go right in the ear, whereas the pros go right in the ear. Um, so pretty much same design, same fatter case. It comes with spatial audio. Um, and spatial audio is interesting. I, I, I liked it at first and then I found some tracks where it actually sounded worse. Um, I yeah. turned it off. Some, I think it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, used in the right scenario, it works and can actually be like an all-encompassing effect. But but equally, I think it can be a bit disorientating or separate things just about a bit too much. But even, you know, I have to say, like, I think for music, for me, there is a degree of spatial audio that's great. But I think it can be a gimmick too far sometimes. I, I, what it seems to be is that it's people getting used to how to mix properly. So I think there's... a. And, and, and I've tried, they've certainly done more and more content and I've switched it on again because people were saying this, this this track's really good, this album's really good. And sure enough, it, it was it was nice. You know, you're you're walking around and, yet, and it is far better separation and also you're, you're really hearing some instruments and some vocals you didn't hear before. But again, I went back to a couple of ones that were like bad and they were still bad. So For me, it's far more about movies and video uh, content yeah. that actually that benefits from it more. And that's a really good point because the, the, the AirPods do support spatial audio if you're watching you know, Netflix content or you're watching Apple TV content and, and, and you're right. So it, it makes sense that they update these. This is like the third gen um, battery life, you know, as good, if not a little bit better. And it, it, you get an hour extra charge in five minutes. So if you if you were on a call or watching a movie and they did kind of you know get to the end of their charge, pop them in the case and you, you know within five minutes you've got another hour. So really, really strong, and price-wise, $180. So, so where, what do you get more for the Pro, then? I might be putting you on the spot a bit. So um, are so these quite close now to the Pro? Uh, so they're better sounding, but the Pros um, do noise cancellation. These don't, don't, don't do any noise cancellation, um, and they're more in-ear. Um, but you can see design-wise now they're very similar, um, mm. and they're still selling the second-generation AirPods. Um so I think, and the rumour is we'll get updated Pros next year. I think the Pro is two yep. years old now, so... Yeah, and I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure they've got some technologies they can put in there. But uh, yeah, it's it's it it makes a nice lineup, doesn't it? The AirPods and the AirPod, uh, these new upgraded third gen AirPods, then the AirPods Pro make that sort of nice stepping stone up. And and for some people who are really music files, yeah, that noise cancellation is obviously important. But um, but equally for most people, you don't want total isolation from your outside world, especially when you're wearing AirPods. It can be quite dangerous to do that. The one thing I'm always surprised at, that, that, and I know it's iconic that they always have white. I'm surprised they've never went down the colour route. I really it seems like it seems like an easy win, doesn't it? But then again, it's so iconic with all their adverts, the white exactly. uh, earphones. But then again, now that other phones mostly do white headphones as well, it doesn't make any. It doesn't, it doesn't differentiate you anymore, does yeah. it? So you're so right. Last, so. last week was like 20 years since they, they did the first iPods, and that was that, that kind of iconic silhouette dancer, yeah. white, yeah. white, you know, and you were like. Wow, they look different. So then we went on to the sort of the the Mac and and you know the bigger kind of part of the whole event, and they started um, by going down into the basement to look at the chips that they had been developing. And a nice man told us all about what he'd been working on. Um, but yeah, we firstly the the M1 Pro. Um, so it's the next chip in the M1 family. We saw the MacBook come out with an M1 uh, in its uh, last uh, sort of big announcement for the laptops. Um, but this is certainly a, another step above in processor speed. And they're, they're talking effectively 70% faster than the old M1 and two times faster on the graphics side of things and, and lots more sort of 
flexibility there and, and the, the the sort of data transfer rates between the chip and the memory is is getting quite staggering now uh, yeah and and, and I mean, I think there was lots of rumors around these. So this was like the M1 Pro. There was lots of rumors that it would just be, you know, more cores, more GPU cores, um, and but not much change in like the the kind of core speed. And that's been proven in the benchmarks. If you look at it, so if you're just doing a single threaded activity, um, if you've got an M1 and an M1 Pro, much the same. It's it's where it's when it gets into multi-threaded when you're doing some of the graphical things. This this thing's just scary. The power and speed it's got. This is kind of the uh, the AMD approach to their graphics side of things. They they've just got a single processor design and core design that they just multiply up, and the higher end graphics cards just have more of them and and linked together in sort of different ways. And and Apple have done this in exactly the same way. They've still got the die just is for the same for each of the cores, um, uh, and then they've just yeah, just you can it's basically expandable to any level you want. But but actually managing that process is still pretty impressive. But um, you can you know they've there's been lots of uh sort of benchmarks since the these announcements and everyone's backing this up that these are incredibly fast chips uh, yeah so and, and a couple of things to call out the m1 could only address up to 16 gig of memory which for some people we felt was a real shortfall so the pro goes up to 32 but it's also got ProRes encoding and decoding baked in um i think it was a mac pro you had to have a specific graphics card for doing the ProRes encoding and decoding and it was a huge cost, and it's now baked into the chip. So again, if you're in that video industry, ha- having that there is, I mean, it's it's you know to use your word, it's nutty. You know, so some of the some of the specs that have come out, or the you know the reviews that have come out, um, you just look at it and go, wow, that is. And and again, it's it's doing it, it's doing it on a, you know, it's it, the the thing to keep emphasising. It's the power, um, you know, so performance per watt. You know, compared to an Intel chip, yes, you might get the same power, but it needs, you know, it eats up loads of battery or it needs loads of power. So it's very efficient. And the M1 Pro comes in two flavors. So you get, <clears throat> excuse me, a, is it four? I can't remember. No, eight core CPU and the 10 core CPU, something along those lines. And uh, they come with, you know, the GPU side cores are, are sort of varied slightly. I think it's 12 to 16, something like that. So, um, but so you can get that sort of the the base model with eight cores, and again, all the benchmarks are saying you know unless you're a real super user, whilst there's the, even the you know the, even the the M1 Pro uh, going into ten core, it's not necessarily going to be used. But they also told us that they were going to give us the M1 Max, which is I guess the M1 Pro on steroids again. Again, it's it's just uh, it's an enhancement and it's expansion of. Of, of what they're doing it's but it's basically a massive massive chip die and 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 off you go it's got uh i don't know how many cores and whatever it's got going on but it's uh, a 30 32 gpu cores and it's four times faster gpu than the m1 so uh just bonkers uh, yeah yeah I, I actually think the name is a bit unfortunate especially for podcast it's fine it's fine if you can see it on screen um but we're now going to be talking about max with m1 max and that's very good yes indeed yeah so that 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 could be that could be interesting as we start to describe these things. But you're right. M1 Max Mac. Uh, yeah. Um, so so the 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 you know just hugely impressive what they've done with these. Um, goes up to 64 gig of memory that you can address. Um, actually ties back to uh, um, uh, the Bloomberg guy Mark 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 can't remember his surname now. Um, he rumored this about five six months ago and how it was all you know here's the M1. 
and and they kind of named all the tears what's coming, and and it was absolutely nailed on. Uh, you mentioned as well about the kind of eight core and ten core for CPUs, and then like the the, the kind of GPUs. So something that you may or may not be aware of is, is this concept of binning, um, which has been common in you know I think chip design for years. Um, but basically, they they make they they're, they're all aiming to develop you know a ten core CPU, for example. But some don't work, so you end up with an eight core. So yeah, yes. so if you so if you've bought an eight core, um, all you've got is it's the same chip inside, but a couple didn't didn't quite make it <laughs> through the manufacturing process. But it's it's something that Intel and AMD have done for years around, you know, Nvidia as well. It's like you'll make your you know that's my target, and you know that that ten twenty percent of that will make it, and others won't, and that gives you a cheaper option that you can sell. Yeah, uh, and and it's also better for everything because it's better than binning it off in, as in completely shoving it in the bin because it doesn't have a one bit that works. Um, but yeah, uh, and 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 really the the kind of gist of the whole thing was, hey, we've got these amazing processors. What we're going to put them in? Well, we're going to put them in a MacBook Pro. Um, so they've announced two new models, fourteen inch and sixteen inch, and really uh, amazingly and almost they they have a parity on what you can shove in them basically so you can you can pick any uh, you know size uh, memory you want any any of the which processor do you want how much hard disk space do you want all those kind of things they are parity and it's just whether you want that slightly larger screen uh, or a slightly uh, smaller compact and mobile version um, and and they have been universally praised um, in in receipt of just how stupidly powerful they are even benchmarking well over the mac pro you know the imac pro um which you know thousands and thousands of thousands of pounds worth of kit and these new laptops are outperforming them on you know regular tasks not just benchmarking tasks but you know video encoding all those kind of things it's it's absolutely nailing it and i think that the couple of things to call out so we've we've seen reviews where they've said it is like you know it's like a mac pro in your backpack or a mac pro in your you know, in your, not in your pocket, but you know that it's portable. Um, and the reason that there, there's two main reasons they're saying, obviously, it's the, the you know, the the new chipset performance is is just staggering. Um, but also the screen. So the screen in both the 14 and 16 um, is is just you know a stunning screen. Supports ProMotion. Um, you know, it just just looks, and it's mini LED and XDR. They just look, you know gorgeous and it's the same it gives you the same if you look at the kind of brightness and and you know if you're into like nits and peak brightness and all that good stuff but it's the same as the xdr is it the xdr yeah the pro display xdrs that they sell um so it's the same specs um i don't think the color matching is the same because they made a real big thing about how the color matching i know is the same but that's a six grand screen um, yeah so. and it's nuts that that's now in your laptop uh and and because of their new chips and because of what they're touting is you know their energy efficiency and and all the kind of internal architectures it makes very you know it doesn't make a difference if you're running on battery or not so again on some other laptops especially workstation type laptops designed for these kind of things you obviously get a well i say i say you obviously you used to get a drop off when it was off of an on you know onto power rather uh, sorry battery power rather than um, mains power but the the drop off on the mac is people are saying it doesn't make any difference whether you're running on it or not um and and they're getting good battery life slightly slightly thicker enclosure which gives them that extra space and the screen enclosure is also slightly thicker than we imagine um but 
the reason I can talk a little bit more authoritatively is because I have one sat to my left-hand side now. Um, so as soon as I saw that they had um, all the ports back on, um, I'm, I was running a, like a 2013 uh, MacBook Pro. And as soon as basically all that came back to parity with ports, uh, it was a no-brainer for me to, d- to take the jump, even though they are expensive. There's no denying even the cheapest model here is expensive, but equally the cheapest model sounds like it can achieve you know anything you could really want of a, a laptop already so and even and just bumping it up even slightly is is not necessarily a, is, well for most people isn't necessary full stop um but yeah so i can confirm that you know the the look and feel of it i've gone i went space gray for the first time i'm enjoying that um but yeah the screen is gorgeous one thing to note on the screen is that the full-on rating for nits is when it's in hdr content and that's not in your general every day-to-day use so whereas it's got a peak you know a thousand nits or whatever it says 1600 actually for most people their laptop will be running at about 500 you know to keep it energy efficient whatever else but until you're watching uh, hdr content you won't be getting that peak um, brightness that they kind of advertise which was a bit disappointing to some um but i guess for most people as a compromise they're not even going to really notice um and yeah and i i just haven't started pushing it really i've never heard the fan uh whereas the old one used to kick in every time i even loaded chrome um and <laughs> certainly all the problems i was having in chrome with uh it getting maxed out and wasn't able to then do multiple tasks it couldn't run my 4k monitor properly at 4k all these kind of things um that it was limited by this machine has no- none of those and i'm looking forward to shoving some you know yeah video encoding and stuff through it and just uh, just to enjoy it and maybe compare it to my pc where i'd normally do that work and and if it's quicker then great i'll just use the laptop to do it and i think you so you touched on a couple of things there supports I mean, there's a there's a massive reset on and from a design perspective so apple had been going down this you know all we need is a thunderbolt port and and you know i don't know a bag of 20 dongles um and realization that it's a pro machine. Pros look for an HDMI port, a couple of Thunderbolts, they need an SD card, even a headphone, <laughs> even a headphone socket's back, um, but also MagSafe as well. You know, so real... And when they're charging, you know, 30, 40, 50, depending on what it is, 60, 70 quid for yeah. those ports to be put back in. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big chunk of change. It, absolutely. Um, and, it, and it really sung to so many people. Whenever, I don't think I've seen... Um, an Apple keynote in the last two, three, four years where, you know, universally people walked out of it going, well done. You know, you're, well, you're, you're, I never well buy done. things on the spur of a moment and that was an instant purchase because I just knew it was, you know, it's going to be, because I mean, I'm not using it so much for my heavy workload. I didn't need to have that proved to me. But ever since it's been one of those things where it was absolutely the right decision. Uh, I always get FOMO, the fact I've got the 14 inch rather than 16 inch. And, and I would have, I only went for the 16 gig of memory because I, ultimately I know that that's all I'm ever going to need. Um, but my bit of my brain says, yeah, you should have gone a bit further. But but equally, you're, just because of the way, the unique way Macs are priced, it would have cost me another 500 quid to upgrade those two things. And it's, you know, if not more, 700 quid. And suddenly you're talking mega, mega bucks for a laptop. And, and it's a seriously impressive laptop, but it is but not it costs, for the... It just yeah. costs a lot of money, you know? Yeah, it costs a lot of money. One, and one, I guess, two last things about what you call out. So even the SSDs are twice as fast as the prior gen SSDs. So again, it's not just the chips. Um, you know, it's not just that they're M1 chipsets that they're, that they're, they're really making improvements on. Um, probably the most controversial bit of this um, was the camera. 
Yeah, so it's not quite as for two two angles on that. It's not quite as good as their even their mobile cameras. So it doesn't have some of the latest features that the iPad certainly has, and and even you know the phones. Um, so that was disappointing. Although it is a big step up from the original. Uh, sorry, when we, when I say the original, the old MacBook Pro. So it's, it is a 1080p camera now, and it is a lot uh, crisper and is better at dealing with home environments uh, without all that kind of shifting and the graining that you used to get. Um, but it's but you know, but it's not the latest technology. And why why isn't it the latest technology? Well, we often see that with Apple because they're bringing it in the next one. And then obviously the fact that it lives in a notch has been controversial to the to the to some really dramatic emails. Uh, you know, uh, so YouTube videos of people chastising this this notch and the fact that the the operating system doesn't yet quite deal with that notch consistently and sometimes even things get lost behind it which is which is obviously it's a bit of a short sight but it's equally fixable and you know the you know will be a you know i don't even notice it but for some people it is a bugbear that 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 notch exists yeah so the notch the notch sits in based on the menu bar if you're a mac user um, and lots of people are losing their minds that that they can run their mouse along it and it kind of gets in the way and menus kind of need to straddle it now. Um, and Apple, have, I mean, they have put some sort of kind of hack slash fix out that says if it's really bothering you, put it into this. So, so the, the screen now is actually taller than normal. So the number of pixels, um, if you look at the, the, the new MacBook Pro versus the old one, it's almost like the notch and the menu bar are now extra. So there is a mode you can put it into that says, fine, if this is really bothering you, just shrink it all down. But it's basically you get the border back all the way around. So that's right, you get the bezel border, that's it. Yeah, and, that, and that's why they've done this. They've said, we can get rid of the bezels, but we need to put the camera somewhere. I think the, the biggest miss is, I think 1080p is fine, but it's no face ID. Um, and I noticed a really weak post from a, an Apple PR person yesterday saying, well, the reason, the reason we don't have face ID is because, you know, most people prefer the touch ID on the keyboard. And it's like, mm, sorry, but I think with a camera on a laptop and you look at things like Windows Hello, you know, just being able to, you know, face ID, the laptops in front of you just seems an obvious miss. It could um, be a, it could be a miss, but I don't think I don't necessarily think it's a bad one. And and equally, it's it's fixable in the next gen. Just uh, tweak exactly. updates. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's yeah. it's one of those where it's a small thing compared to that overall package. Um, and I don't think we maybe mentioned the battery life is huge in this thing. Yeah, they, so, they, they've really moved things on. I think they said from the reviews, people are saying it's the longest battery life of a laptop, you know, anywhere. Yeah. And it even does that under high, you know, high usage as well. Uh, so is it, I think it was 12 or 11 or 12 hours for the 14 inch and something like, is it 16 odd for the, for the, for the, so they seem, uh, they're using video playback as a measure. And then you get into this whole thing about what kind of video do you use. So, you can get up to, I think one of their stats says you can get up to 21 hours in a 16-inch um, of video man. playback, but it's, but it's a, but you need to use these videos, you need to turn Wi-Fi off, you need to turn yeah. other things so off. It's so not real-world like, stuff, but it's interesting no. nonetheless. Yeah. But, but most reviewers are getting, you know, 8 to 10 hours of, like, heavy lifting, you know, normal usage, day-to-day, and that's pretty damn impressive on a, on a you know, they're doing, you know, they're, they're not just, you know, browsing. They're, they're doing video editing, they're doing audio editing, they're doing things with it, they're doing FaceTime calls. 
you know, so they're they're actually using the device. So yeah, it's um, I think a real return to form for these laptops. For the for those laptops, it was yeah, and 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 seen out I think by the amount of hype and and feedback that they've all got, and obviously cost is prohibitive for some people, and that's understandable, and it's it's disappointing. But equally, you know that these laptops will become the new MacBook just standard macbook in in not that long a distance so they will be coming within that kind of efficiency of scale uh interestingly their sale you know things like um share price did did go up on on their these announcements and and rightly so but today i, I noticed in the news um, microsoft has overtaken apple as the most uh, valuable company you know in the world at the moment and and by something like 10 billion so it's just it's suddenly ramped up so i'm not sure what microsoft did uh to suddenly get that uh bump but it's uh, it's quite incredible that switch around especially given that apple are now producing a laptop that everyone's singing about yeah so so microsoft not to turn it into like business weekly microsoft have been on a on a, a real steady climb um and their earnings this week were really impressive um, including on things like Xbox and other areas, mm-hmm. it was like uh, you know. So when they did their earnings, and yes, it was a phenomenal. So and we we stopped covering earnings because it was just it was just like well, there were nothing. figures we couldn't really comprehend. Unbelievable no. amounts of so money. So Microsoft, Microsoft came out with a set of figures, and it looked really strong. Um, and and after hours, Microsoft I think they were up four percent. Apple's figures came out on, on Thursday night, and again looked really strong. It's the most I've ever made in a quarter, um, year on year increases. But they admitted they've got supply chain issues. They admitted that they could have sold probably another, or sorry, made another six to eight billion if it wasn't for supply chain issues, because they only made ninety-eight or ninety-two billion in that quarter. <laughs> um, so, so that they are Where doing does a stop. They're doing a billion a day. You know, that's it's, it's, nuts, isn't it? Um, and so that dented Apple's after hours negatively, and it came as well. Amazon came out with a we didn't do as well as the stock market had predicted. So they would. So both Apple and um, Amazon dropped at four percent. Microsoft grew four percent, and the switcheroo happened. So, so yeah, it's um, it's actually in some ways quite nice. I, I Microsoft. I mean, they've been in a tear for the last three four years. We've been podcasting now for many a year, and we were predicting the end of Microsoft at one point, as in it was really looking dire as far as their sales and their market share dropping and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't seem to have a direction. And then suddenly they went platform agnostic and they they did a couple of good decisions and they've flown ever since. So, yeah, really good to see that. And even yeah. I just I just jumped on Apple website. You know, these laptops, you're a month away. So mm-hmm. if you order one now, you're a month away. Now that some stores do have availability, so you, you know you might luck out that you know the one that you pick they've actually got in stock. Um, you can also price them up to like six grand because you can put an eight terabyte card and um, SSD, and you're just like, oh, it's, it's very long. easy when you when you actually put it to a spec that you would quite like. And and you know in the PC world that you could spec up something similar, you know, with those. The problem is the it's the peripherals in the PC world that are so much cheaper than they are when Mac does. It. Mac's charging like four hundred quid for another sixteen gig of RAM, and you you know in PC world that's you could probably buy that for a thirty two sixty quid something like that. You know, it's yeah, nuts. Yeah. So so it's it's four hundred quid and it's an extra thirty two. So it's a, it's a yes. lot of money. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of cash of for for what for the actual component costs, but then that's how you know 
they make it dead. Anyway, we had uh, the Google Pixel event. It wasn't just Apple um, sort of telling us about new stuff. Google Pixel 6, much leaked and rumoured. And effectively, we knew quite a lot about these devices before they even appeared. But um, they certainly seem to have hit. We didn't really know the price. We knew they were going to be competitive. But uh, Pixel 6 coming in at $599 starting and $899 for the Pro version. Pro is very slightly larger and comes with the additional benefit of a telephoto camera as well as the, the wide angle and standard lenses so you get three lenses on the the pro whereas uh, you only get the two on the uh the um but, but the size the, is quite close yeah not as far as you might expect yeah but, but i was surprised when i saw them i was like because what i think samsung apple you can see the difference and it feels like it looks like a couple of mil you know when you see the pictures it's agreed it, it does certainly they're both large phones and that's you know yeah. one of the decisions i made not to wait for them was because i i wasn't happy about such a large phone i've said it for a while i like a smaller form factor but i am a little bit jealous of the camera uh, and onboard stuff on that it, it certainly looks like again they know that the camera is such an important part of these devices and and on that pro device with the the three lenses and what people are able to come out with it it, it really does it's it, you know it's not like picking up a digital slr and trying to work out how do i capture an event the, these these cameras are so good nowadays at point at click it and it will capture what your eyes are seeing and that's that's incredible for people because so many times it's so disappointing when you get back with your slr and you've taken this photo of an amazing sunset or whatever and you just come back and it's just nothing uh but the phones absolutely managed to do it and and yeah these the, kind of a movement away from the well, it's google doing their own chip as well so it, even though it's based on a sort of the design of a uh you know existing chips they've done their own thing they've put a system on a, a, a you know system on a circuit and 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 have everything there sort of along that apple model um and that seems to be that these things do fly along but they're 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 not absolute cutting edge of speed yet they are also extremely good at what they do is what i'm reading from their reviews i think as well it's kind of probably putting like you know qualcomm and you know folks like that on notice because it seems to be a trend now where um you know the the, the big tech companies are saying no we need to bring this in-house and do our own which which have you know not done for a while so um i think it'll go in waves though those kind of things those kind of tech decisions there they'll become a point where they they reach the capacity of how many times you can multiply a die out to to expand and they you know suddenly they're into designing new ships and that's a that's more of a problem i, I wonder if this is them but trying to still differentiate further than that you know that android market because i think in the past, it could probably well maybe maybe the camera was the biggest pixel differentiator, and maybe price. Whereas I think everything else was like the screens were the screens, and the chips were the chips, and the you know the storage was the storage. There was nothing much else to kind of you know vary. Um, especially when they're all running Android, and I, and actually it's Agreed, one of the yeah. things I, I always liked about the Pixel line was you didn't get that crapware that Samsung puts on their device. Even yeah. Samsung have cut down on that, but yeah, equally, yeah. it's yes, it is, uh, and still, you know, people suffer on the Samsung devices even now that they don't get the latest Android version. And Pixel was very much this will be core Android to its, you know, at the at its fundamental building stage. What, um, what did you think of the design? So, so this, so this has been leaked quite a lot, but they've got a, um, I don't know, I think some people called it like a shelf. So it was like all the way over, is where they've put all the different cameras. So it's almost like a, a jutting out 
Yeah, like, like, I think like we said before, I, I, well, I've said before, I liked that concept given that you can put it down on the table and it doesn't rock and, and pivot yeah. when you're yep. clicking on it. And even my L Pixel, which doesn't have a massive you know, lens bump, but it still rocks and it's unstable. I, I think for the reality for most people, when they put it in a case, it won't make the blind split difference because you know the case just will oftentimes uses that gap to actually just add its padding or whatever but i'm not using a case on my pixel interestingly and i i think for people who don't it is quite a uh, an interesting direction actually and I, I don't mind it um i don't uh, mind either and i think you you calling it the rocking is is where my head was at because the you know, if you look at the iPhones, they've gone for, you know, a bit like Samsung, they've gone for the kind of, you've got a bulge, you know, off to the top corner and um, you put a case on and it's flat. But the newest iPhones, even with a case on, the cameras still stick out. So yeah, still they locks. are sizable old things, those yeah. cameras on those phones, well, aren't it's, they? Well, it's more than half the width now. Well, so they've you're... got the depth of the actual lens area, but then each of the lenses also pops out a little bit as well. They've even had to expand beyond that because obviously it's glass depth that gives you proper and enhancements in that what light you're capturing isn't it there's only so much you can do in the, the space you've got um yeah. but yeah i think it, i think we might see that flow out uh, you know wider so uh, yeah i think we might see that more um but yeah the screen's all doing uh you know they're, they're oled they're the higher fresh rates uh, they're all the kind of things you would expect some people on the review saying that if you angle the screen uh, it does dull or tilt the colors slightly more than you might expect on an apple device or a modern day I apple th- device yeah i think oleds have always a bit susceptible to that so it's like straight on they look you know they, they are you know best looking skins but there is a little bit of you know just i don't want to say degradation but it just doesn't look as crisp um and i guess the other thing to spring out is that android 12 has been delivered by and is now available for other pixel devices but on these pixel 6 that's it comes as default uh, and that comes with a much more material based design that kind of color and shape and inter- interactivity uh, sort of focused uh, design uh, and it comes with some interesting angles things like uh, you can theme your icons so you can say you want a kind of green themed desktop and it will give you icons that are also kind of colored to match interesting when i did that on my phone it not all icons are set to do it so all the google services obviously have the colored version but quite a lot of the kind of things like facebook and instagram i I, I can't remember the exact ones that it was but certainly there was a lot of color still there rather than the theme and equally i i put it into a theme and then actually took it off again because i was like "Mm, let's just keep with what i know for now but uh certainly the material design the areas and nice interactivity everything is nice and clear what you have to press and it feels like a return to not hiding away interface but actually working out how do we display interface without it getting to in your face i've not found anything that i particularly dislike about it but i've not found anything that i find particularly groundbreaking about it either and i guess that's just what happens with interface design nowadays and, and phone operating systems they are iterative and uh, they've given us most of well, the we, we expect so much of them already that they even when they deliver just everything it's it's just acceptable really isn't it uh, yeah i mean i quite like the look of the the kind of skinning, I think we've seen more and more of that. I think iOS kind of jumped on it last year. Um, and, you know, obviously Android's had it for a long, long time. But this seemed to be the kind of, let, let's do it at the OS level. Let's try and give you a you know, a more unified approach. And it, I don't think it's any surprise that maybe, you know, some um, you know, some app developers or some companies will be maybe reluctant because that will be their brand. You know, they'll yeah, see Yeah, I that, mean, colour is such a big part of the brand. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're tampering with my brand, so no thanks. You know, I'll I'll keep mine's you know the same. But 
Yeah, actually, actually, I like the look of it. Um, it's all so all Pixel devices right now, isn't it? That's available for, and I think it's then later this year for all the other manufacturers to start rolling out their Android 12 updates. And if and if they choose to, because quite a lot of the times, even with kind of my OnePlus era days, and, and I know that things mm. like Huawei, they 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 make a choice and even samsung they make the choices yep. to actually for these devices we're just not going to bother we're yep. just going to you have to buy a new device to go and get it uh, so they kind of still use the operating system as sort of a buying purchase decision whereas pixel have made the decision that for x number of years and it is quite a few given that they're going right back to pixel 3 for this update so that's quite a number of years ago now um so yeah it's pretty pretty impressive stuff we had the um pixel stand so that offers up to 23 watts of uh, wireless charging Exciting, it's exciting days. Uh, yeah, and this was, I mean, I guess this was them lumping together all their pixel-related stuff in an event. Um, I mean, it, I think we've seen a lot of these wireless stands now. Um, I, I'm kind of still a bit anti-wireless, if I'm honest. I see that stand and think there is no reason that stand cannot have a USB-C socket that sticks up from it, and then you have all the efficiency with none of the downsides. So, yes, I can pick that phone up off that stand a fraction of a second quicker by not having a USB prong agreed but it's i see no benefit at all <laughs> i just see oh. inefficiency and waste where i shouldn't see waste uh, yeah and it'll be interesting to see who who leads first because there's been lots of rumors that you know at, you know next year year after apple will drop the port and i'll just have a portless phone um and you know that's you know i'd love i'll i can't wait to see if if they do it and what the green argument would be then and shoving it in something like a car that means a car has to have a specific charging yeah. method that that you know because you if you're on a long journey and you're on maps it chews up battery you know or it uses more significantly more than if you're just using your phone naturally so yeah no i i don't do it i, <laughs> I don't know whether I, they'd be allowed to do it with the regulations saying you must charge by USB-C or whatever it is i don't know hmm. Uh, quite a, an interesting move by Google to they lowered their Play Store fees, fifteen percent for subscription apps. They had got the situation where they'd, they'd followed Apple into the world of thirty percent for the first year, fifty percent year after. But they've just gone and said, no, we will do fifteen uh, percent now across all subscription apps, and ten percent or as low as ten percent for media apps. Um, so they are making moves towards proving that they were making some money out of it and actually when they've looked at their costs they've decided they can give it for free not for free but for a lot cheaper half yes yeah. and, and and we've covered it for about time uh, i just think some of the fees that they're charging are ridiculous and um, i think they probably knew that as well right exactly so this is the this is the lawmakers all around the world putting pressure on you know apple google and others um google have made the first i'm still surprised apple didn't um, I do wonder if there's a bit of stagecraft going on around by proving that Google were, you know, also charging the same. They they can say, mm. well, we're we're not a monopoly. You know, yeah. by letting them go first, they can say, well, you know, we're we're not the, you know, we're not a pace set around, you know, fee charging here. So I wonder if there's a bit of um, games going because it just it just felt such. I still can't believe how entrenched Apple are around protecting their. You know their their app store and their model, and clearly we've talked about the amount of money they make. So it's that's yeah, yeah. It's for business. shareholders. It's pretty yeah. simple. That's exactly why. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I actually, I actually, I do wonder whether it will force Apple to make a move. I still don't think they'll do anything this year, but um, mm. I do think they'll it'll force a hand next year. Uh, it's the same as I think it was. It was always a, that was the writing on the wall, and it's going to happen. 
Uh, Twitter, uh, interestingly, announced this week that they agree that their <laughs> their algorithm is biased towards right wing uh, and you know and almost offensive posting. You know, there, there's something in their algorithm that actually means that provably um, right wing views get presented more in the feeds than left wing views. Which I was shocked at because. All we've heard from a lot of the right, right wing, you know, is how their their voices squashed. Yeah, yeah, you know, Twitter, Facebook, the BBC, whoever you want to, you know, all the media sources are are squashing our voice. We don't have freedom of speech. Um, so yeah, I was really surprised by this, and, and lots of other commentators weren't. Is that which again surprised me again? I was like, am I am I in a bubble? <laughs> am I really in a bubble? Yeah, it's, it's strange. But I I was of the same view that yeah, that's the view that we've been given that, that, that these left wing organisations were squashing the view of the right wing. But it actually, turns out provably that that's not the case. And actually, like say, it's almost it's in the other uh, you know other camp really. But equally, um, I wonder whether that's just because of who it gets presented to. Because you yeah. know that if you present a right wing view to a left wing person, you will get a reaction and that's and that ultimately is what the algorithm likes because it in it, it involves interaction and uh, and and continuation of the story but it wasn't just a slight difference that's the bit that surprised me so it wasn't it wasn't like you know it was like so so how, how they've worked this out is is um a value of zero percent um means that a tweet reached the same number of users on on their, their algorithm tailored timeline um, you know, compared to the chronological, so this is them trying to say that we are we are messing around with your timeline, and we'll present to you what we think is relevant to you, rather than you chronologically seeing all your tweets, which like saying people like me still do, um, rather than the algorithm. Um, but the, the the difference in values was was really big. So so the biggest difference between left and right was Canada, um, so kind of liberals slash left forty three percent versus the right wing conservative one hundred and sixty seven. Mm. You know, so you know, UK was next. Labour one hundred and twelve, Conservatives one hundred and seventy six. So big, big differences. It wasn't wasn't close. So yeah, yeah. Um, surprising. Um, and they're also making that research available to others. So they're not, you know, they're they're seeing this as a almost like a not industry standard, but something that is really relevant to to other people. Because. Uh, you know, the the country, you know, our our whole world has become more pol- polarized. I think social media has kind of played a part in that. I know BBC this week are starting. You know, they're they're saying they're going to have a new external standards committee that everybody has to meet and they have to forcibly demonstrate that they're presenting both sides of an argument, which I I really disagree with because I I think that's that's part of the reason why we had so much of a Farage running around because they felt like any time we had a you know. An anti an anti Brexit stance, then they needed to have a pro Brexit stance, and well, where somebody would argue, well, if the politics is split, it makes sense, but when it comes to things like climate change, does that mean we're going to see climate change deniers on our news given an equal footing? Surely not. That's... Yeah, th- those arguments, are, I think, what they're trying to work out and balance off, but yeah. certainly, um, unfortunately, it gives say it gives massive uh, leverage to. Uh, People like Nadine Doris in the government who are in charge of effectively overviewing that side of things that come out and say that the BBC aren't uh, unbiased and and they now they 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 they're doing they're pulling some strings to make sure it's 
provable that they are being um, non-biased in their coverage. Uh, we have seen quite a lot of um, sort of coverage recently around social media and abuse and intolerance shown across social media because we had a, a you know an MP killed in his constituency, which is you know it does it calls for some action um but but interestingly the action is that they're trying to you know certainly in the news about how do we get twitter under control you know they're certainly mps have been directly affected by this and they're they've come out and all said that we are facing online abuse daily uh moaning about the uh kind of inequality and, and how online hate has poisoned public life and interesting that's what nadine doris said in the daily mail which i would argue uh, quite strongly is quite a lot of the source of some of that poisonous uh, online hate comes out of the headlines of that story and it's interesting that she is commentating in the daily mail um for that uh, for that angle um so it, it doesn't make me comfortable with the future of this and and I, I have an interesting take on it which is we have seen the death of an mp something needs to be done and how do we protect mps but but equally we see deaths of kids getting shot on the streets and uh, people, kids getting abuse and, and, and committing suicide. And it hasn't caused any kind of, uh, to say it's nothing, no action is, is, is shortening. But as soon as it comes into the backyard of these people, they, it comes close to their hearts. It suddenly we get people mentioning these things in, in the commons and, and it really gets some traction, which is good. I just find it disappointing that it's, uh, it's taken someone killing an MP to get that action rather than, looking at it from you know hey this is not a new thing you just haven't grasped the nettle on this yet and twitter specifically they are calling out um so one of the one of the kind of draft bill measures um is it would be able to force companies to have a duty of care for their users including protecting users from legal but harmful content such as abuse that doesn't cross the criminality threshold and i think the concern with that is what does that really mean? You know, yeah, what, no, what, no one knows what it means. Yeah, what what is legal but harmful? Because that feels like, you know, that that feels like you know one person's harmful one day could be something completely different the next. You know, there's there's there, I mean there's good well and, and again we could take our own prime minister right now. He said said some pretty you know racist harmful comments in the past and they're just they're just batted off now as a that's that's you know they weren't. Whereas if somebody, yeah. you know, somebody else says it, and we've seen it with Labour recently around calling Tory scum, you know that's become a that's been, you know that driven you know and even trying to tie the tie the two together between the, you know the horrible death of that MP and and comments like scum uh, stretching it as well. So again, it's how do you do this without getting bias is is a real and and, and and they're making it the job of the social media platforms to do yeah, that they and, yep. and work it out they're not offering the solution that they then have to implement which is kind of where it all falls down and, and often does they they want action they ask people to take action so that but they don't take the the decisions themselves so that they can just you know go they don't have to stand by those decisions then um yeah uh you know and and i guess the 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 other thing that's come out of this is people are calling or baying for no anonymous social media accounts and i know that's something we've talked about on our show as well for as well how actually you you can hide behind that veil of anonymity uh, and maybe we should think about removing that um but then again it then un, you know covers loads of people that do need that anonymity to be able to you know be out on social media and not be present as far as being seen so you don't want to say there's someone who's been subject to domestic violence someone who's hiding from some you know one but would like to be able to you know interact with the world normally you know lots of these things 
come into view when you say you know point blank we want to get rid of it and uh, you know get rid of anonymity but uh, and equally yeah there's arguments both ways but uh, you know where whether we're going to come to this final conclusion about what is the right thing to do i don't think even lack of anonymity is going to stop people from being abusive no and i think the problem is nobody's saying something shouldn't be done because the you know the abuse you know even the you know I'm, I'm thinking back to the three the three England World Cup players you know and the missed you know missed penalties and the abuse they got was horrendous um so nobody's saying that there shouldn't something be done but it's the I think there's a danger here there's been bad law you know getting passed hurriedly and then and then and then you're almost like saying so so what is this what are you asking us to do and interesting one of the arguments for against this you know black blocking of anonymity was the a lot most of the abuse came from accounts that weren't anonymous they were actual user-based accounts people just felt entitled to spout racist nonsense into their streams you know and, and, and i think that's that's one of the key issues behind all of this is um is unfortunately we've got we've got quite a lot of racists in the society and social yeah. media gives them a platform and the more we uncover that the better and the more we talk about it try and address it the better as well um so yeah uh, we, this this argument is not going away, um, but it probably does take someone to take a balanced and effective view on it rather than uh, scramble around desperately spouting stuff which is not backed up by any re research or scientific proof, you know, provable basis. Uh, next uh, sort of big announcement company was Facebook. Well, it was Facebook. Uh, now not anymore. But anyway, Facebook Connect happened. Um, and they were talking through a lot of stuff. Most of it came down to their vision for what they call the metaverse. Um, and we can sort of talk about various bits that hook into that and what we actually think about that. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and then, and then they came along the end and said that we're actually rebranding our core, um, company as Meta. So that was kind of a, a big announcement at the end of it, but they, they certainly built up to that by covering off in all their aspects what it, what the metaverse was and why they think it's the the, the future and, and what they're going to do to sort of build into that but yeah facebook is now meta um and they went through various products uh, and so the oculus quest they they sort of talked about that becoming a mixed reality platform uh, yeah so new apis new technologies because so far the quest has been vr you know it's really been a vr platform um the most successful VR platform, you know, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, you know, they've they've I think sold at a loss, really compelling hardware, good software coupled with it. So they've made it a you know a real, you know, go and spend three hundred quid and you've got a you know, don't need you know, don't need to hook up to a big gaming PC either. Um so that's that's the, the, the kind of big kind of play they're looking at there. And then they started talking around I mean and and they showed at the last was that about six months ago, they kinda of had this you know, that kind of work concept and people joining, you know, collaborative rooms and, you, you know, put a headset on and you could mix the person at home with the person in the office. So again, they showed like Slack and Dropbox and some other, you know, enterprise applications are coming to the Quest. So this is them, so because the Quest so far has been, you know, it's been gaming and media has been the main platform, yeah. but, you know, they they know that the, the big thing to unlock um around a metaverse and around future of work is this you know mixed environment to try and um you know just to try and encourage collaboration i still think with the current hardware it looks pretty horrendous if i'm honest 
so, you know, slapping a slapping a headset on for an hour yeah. doesn't 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 sound like pleasure to me. So, like you said, the the whole presentation around this show was Zuckerberg in his own metaverse, right? So he was stood in a virtual yeah. environment with virtual scenery in this you know pretty picturesque room with you know all, you know nice furniture, nice this that and the other. And, and and all of the kind of interactions he was doing with devices and elements and like he had a little watch on his hand that he sort of popped up some notifications which floated in midair and all these kind of unbelievable, you know, these concepts which you can see how that's attractive to people. But at no point did you see him with a massive headset strapped to his face, uh, sweating, uh, you know, because it's he's like burning his eyes off and his eyes sort of becoming short-sighted because he's constantly inside a headset. So... It was so the presentation layer of what the vision is. You can't fault it; it's pretty amazing, right? But the deliver every time they actually showed real world examples of anything happening, it all just came crashing down because it looks awful. It's not. It's not slick. It's not super high res. It's not all these things. You know, they're talking about you can go into this your new home and you can you can kid it out with whatever you want because you can mix reality and not reality. You don't have to buy a 67 inch plasma screen because you hey you can just project one via your headset into the right place and and off you go. But um, say the reality of what they can deliver now and they know it as well. They're, they're delivering a, a vision and that's the whole point of changing the company name was to deliver around this. What yeah. it absolutely shouted to me and totally reminded me of was microsoft and their vision of home media hubs and stations that you were going to have a pc in your lounge and it was going to do all these things and run everything in your house they did that 20 years ago and it was exactly the same they presented this vision that was incredible and everyone was like wow that's amazing they couldn't deliver it they just could not get that sorted uh, and it took it literally took them 20 years to get there and i guess this is facebook's 20-year play uh, and it includes the ability to deliver hardware that they can't even imagine yet because it needs to yeah, be delivered at a set of glasses. Uh, yeah, and that, and that was the thing. So this was, a to me, a, it was like a concept 90 minutes that was, uh, here's why we're renaming, here's why we're betting the, you know, the firm on this. Um, and but, but by interspersing it with, you know, like product releases today is where the reality came crashing down because it showed you that vision and then they were like, oh, and here's this, you know, here's this bit of plastic that you're going to strap on your face right now. Um, and, and yeah, and as I, I still, I still, there's a lot of un, uncanny valley, you know, when you watch Zuckerberg is just, you know, he's not a natural presenter. He's, <laughs> no, he has to work at it, that's for sure. You know, he's, he's still, I mean, he's been doing this for, what, 10, 15 years, these presentations, and I mean, he's better than me and you, but there's just something uncomfortable about watching him you know deliver this it's it, there's when, no when they come out and tell us he is a robot we're not going to be overly no, surprised no is there, he no actually sense. hooked facebook into him a while back and is now just human yeah. embodiment of that uh, i mean the bit between him and nick clegg didn't, didn't i didn't even, even see that bit didn't it didn't even that. it didn't even flow like a conversation it, it felt it, it did feel like yeah we've recorded this scripted thing separate environments and we've spliced it together really aggressively, and it's horrible. Um, so it, it's, it, it, yeah. I mean, and so the other bit around Oculus, so they, they talked about how there's now a Horizon Home, which is, which is some I of I thought this... this was one of the most telling bits of all, mm. the fact that they told us about this Horizon Home. That feels achievable, right? To have yep. a collaborative group where people can come into your own customized home. But actually, what they're saying actually is, 
the customization and all the bits that you're interested in aren't anywhere near coming yet. They'll come in no. the future at some point. So we might, you know, the home that you get, the dashboard effectively that you land in when you first put on your Oculus, someone else can come and join you in there. And it's yeah. like, that feels weak source. They, you would have thought they could build some body into that. This is your new home. You can customize it and do all the th- some of these things that we're talking about. Uh, the other telling thing was that they mentioned several times that they cannot continue to do this as a loss-making uh, enterprise and they are going to charge for everything. So you, even if you want to put a TV in your new virtualized home, that ain't happening without you paying money to do that. Um, I, I, totally. And, and I mean, it's clear so far that, I mean, they, they bought Oculus... Um, it has been loss making, and they are, they are he's, he's, and I guess that you know, so the, you know, Ready Player One and Sci-Fi for the last forty years has all been around. You know, the concept of a metaverse. Um, I, I think you know a platform like Facebook do not want to be beholden to Apple, Google, or anybody else. They want to own the metaverse. This is the start of that. I think, and people have been talking about it over the last few weeks around what was Web One. What was Web 2? Is this Web 3? Is it a Web 4? Because he also integrated things like NFTs and the you know, mm. integration of cryptocurrency, which Twitter is a way chasing down as well. And I still look at NFT as one of the biggest waste of time, money, energy that I've ever <laughs> seen. I mean, there was one other day where somebody has bought a bit of pixel art and it was like 300 million or something crazy like mm. that. It was like, what what is going on? Why? Yeah, it's a strange. Why? What? What is? What is? What is the value of that when you don't really actually own it? You know, we kind of we kind of sell tech bubbles. You know, you do own a you do own a key, as in that key you, is yours. You, you own a <laughs> key, but 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 that's about <laughs> it. And it still seems to be it's a market where people are buying in the hope that they can then flip it two or three days later. But weirdly, in in the world of metaverse, where you own a piece of artwork like that, maybe it becomes more sensible because that I, means you can hang a unique piece of art that no one I can else have. It does, which is why the tie-in with NFTs was interesting because you're mm-hmm. fully in a virtual, and and it seems to be they're trying to stop using virtual reality as a term. I don't I don't think they mentioned it once. It was all. You know, Certainly, was, their vision is virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, effectively, right? Yeah, but I think they're saying that these are today's terms. Let's start talking about a metaverse. Let's start talking about a future world where, and whether it's, I, I wonder if they're actually acknowledging that the term virtual reality is is tarnished. You know, it's maybe. I, 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 there was another part of me which thought Second Life that that was a yeah, game, yeah, obviously, yeah. or it, that was a metaverse. It really, really was. And, and it caught traction however many years ago. I'm sure it still goes now, uh, but, but it, equally, it yeah. and, and that was, that was very much a universe that existed. And then real world things like clubs had clubs that they put into second life and it worked. People came and joined in and the DJs streamed their street, you know, their sets into this second life and people's avatars all went dancing. So again, people had this vision. It's not a new vision of this thing. Um, but there was also a bit of me, which you know people are just not going to be happy to let go of reality you know that that easily uh all the stuff that you saw you know having a nice bit of you know audio visual equipment in your house is part of owning it is you know owning it touching it and i don't think we ever move away from that fully but it's you know there's an angle here but they are building the matrix yeah and before we talk about the rebranding and some of the other brand announcements so they did tease one bit of hardware which is called project cambria um so a high-end vr ar headset looked similar to some of the concepts that seemingly Apple are chasing down as well. And they did, I mean, you're right, they've called, they called it a number of times, which I think is why investors liked it, because they were like, 
yeah, you're building a new world and a new platform and you're going to charge through the nose for it. Not through the nose, but you're going to sensibly charge people. And again, they highlighted that this new device, which is high-end, um, will be the high end of the price spectrum as well. Mm. Um, so I don't think a surprise. I think we will see next year and into 23, both Apple and Facebook finally, you know, and it won't be the, you know, it's not it's not going to be the glasses that I'm wearing right now. You know, the, it still will be a headset, but, you know, I think we'll see it lighter. I think we'll see it, you know, we'll, we'll see some much better, you know, graphic fidelity on it. Um, but there's no getting away from it. It's still strapping on something quite heavy and bulky. But see, after an hour, I think you're going to be, I'm done with this. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not in disagreement. I wonder whether they've they almost made a play early here because they almost think, or maybe you know, at the moment there's not an open source uh, metaverse, right? They're trying to create mm. one that actually hooks everyone in and makes it their ownership of that. And uh, yeah, again, I'm not so sure that they're going to want Facebook doing that. But they did, like, say they've rebranded themselves as Meta, uh, and things like the Oculus Quest will become the Meta Quest to align with so all I, of. I was shocked that. at that. Yeah. And they, they said it was a hard decision, but they, you know. Yeah. So, so as you said, they've, re, they've rebranded to Meta, which I'm not surprised at because they've been rumored for the last couple of weeks. Um, and I wondered, is this just like an Alphabet play? You know, so when Google said the holding company was Alphabet, but nobody calls Google Alphabet in any way, shape, or form. It's Google. And I, and I thought this is going to be the same. But the more that I've looked at it, I do think this is them attempting to say we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got WhatsApp, we've got the the kind of oculus or the virtual lab things and i i thought that it would all be like you know oculus from meta facebook from meta you know it was how because so, at the moment i think it says instagram from facebook and i'm sure in the next month or two that'll quickly they'll start to decouple the facebook name because i i i'm still convinced and, and zuckerberg said it definitely wasn't still convinced a lot of this is because the facebook brand's been tarnished you know, politically, and also with with kids. So there's a there was a whole other research came out this week that the the really key you know youth groups do not use Facebook anymore. They they have abandoned the platform. They think it's poison. They think it's an old person's platform. Um, and I think they're seeing probably. And again, Facebook will know the metrics themselves. So they'll be sitting there looking at it, going, "Are we, are we, are we starting to be in decline around this? Whereas this." allows them to reset their company and strategy and say, we're driving the future. Which I don't yep. think you could say Facebook has been driving. Nope. As in the social media bit of the, yeah, the, yeah. the Facebook app. But. I said to you the other day, I find it quite a mucky environment now. It's uh, mm, when I go to my stream, it's yep. I, I don't see my friends' news and updates because I see a whole bunch of suggested and adverts in my face. And then I find out two weeks later, oh, some friend did this and they put a post up. It was two weeks ago and it never came into my feed. And I'm like, well, what's the point? You know, what do I come here for if not to see that news and be presented with it? Um, but yeah, Grand Theft Auto is coming to San Andreas, I should say, is coming to VR. So we're talking about VR and, and this is a kind of an interesting delve into this is a world that exists. These Grand Theft Autos nowadays are quite you know big worlds, although San Andreas is uh, fairly out of date now. But this brings a bit of extra life and certainly bring an ex extra perspective to uh, quite literally to um, living in that GTA world. And, and so, so it's interesting because when you talk about it in the concept, or, or, or sorry, in the context of a of a, a metaverse, are you just going to be playing a single player game with loads of other bots, or are they going to say you're in this world but lots of other characters around about you are 
real people, you know, and mm-hmm. that's where you start to so so because you can start to argue is is things like Fortnite, you know, the start of a metaverse because of the remember they did things like um, they'll do like lunch videos in it, they'll do film events in it, they'll do actually I think it's one of the few one of the few games that's really started to merge that branding together that says and right kids, new films coming out come and watch it here first and, and kids go there for socializing it's the, yeah, the game yeah. is almost secondary yeah. the fact that they've got to occasionally shoot at someone is kind of not really what some of them go there for they literally go to have a chat and a you know you know play around in this in, in this fun ever-changing environment for sure so it'll be interesting to see because it was one of the few game type announcements that came out of connect so the connect stuff the other night was all about you know metaverse and corporate and even just socially sitting in in different world you know you could join different rooms whereas this was one of the few call outs to say yeah we're bringing a game yeah 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 so the, and this is how yeah this is the reality of what a metaverse can be in some in some angles yeah. and, and you can play games in it as well as have office life yeah um but we've also been told about grand theft auto trilogy is being remastered so that's the uh, grand gta 3 um vice city and san andreas so that's all being remastered and that's out november the 11th uh interesting it's not just an update to allow them to play on sort of modern hardware it will adjust things like the clunky aim system will be now using the more modern approach they used in gta 5 and all those kind of things so it's not just a straight up release again it has got some added uh you know enhancements but i think um i sh- i scream for everybody when i say i just want the new gta so you know uh, and we know that's probably a little way away yet um i, I agreed and i and i saw it and i was like i was like oh and then it was like 60 quid and i was like no and then it turns out san andreas is coming to game pass and i was like oh okay so maybe that, that'll be downloaded and uh, installed but the, I'll, I'll probably never touch the it sad again. yeah exactly and and the, and the disappointed and not the disappointing gta always pushes the boundary of technology and what you can deliver on platforms and how you can live in these all living all breathing and when we've moved to gta 5 and what that meant to be living in this city and following this triple storyline unbelievable you know amazing bit of game design and, and delivery uh, and then what I want is GTA 6, because if I go back to GTA 3, it's going to feel empty, sparse, quiet, you know, unlived in. There's going to be, hot, you know, oh, I, what do you mean I can't go in that building? In GTA 5, you can pretty much go everywhere and do anything, you know. So I think it, to go back in time for me, it, it always is a bit of a nostalgia sometimes, but it, there's very few games I've gone back to. Uh, interestingly, the I played... Um, burnout paradise the other day and that still holds up very very well so if you in the market for some nostalgia that actually holds up still that's one I, th- I think a racing game would because if you look at the so even every so often i think you know i revisit like pgr you know or something or you know, just some of them they're just iconic the um and, uh, and it didn't it, the mechanic hasn't changed too much in racing games you know the graphics have got better but the mechanics haven't whereas for the open world games they have, you know, they've become more interactive, you know, like look at Red Dead and what you can go and do compared, you know, you know, to like GTA 3. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Burnout, Burnout Paradise was Forza before Forza existed, you yeah, know, it, yeah. and in fact it's did lots of challenge modes, things like doing parallel parks and, you know, doing things like that. Forza still hasn't nailed yet. You know, Burnout Paradise said, go and do a triple backflip off of a, you know, you know, a building and you get an award for it. And I think Forza still misses some of that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, it was it was the first Forza before Forza even became. Anyway, we have probably chatted on long enough. Um, so in, do you have anything else you want to cover? Um, no, apart from um, we're a week away from Forza. So probably the next pod we'll, we'll talk a bit about 
some of the new games that are out rather than just um, wanging on about tech companies blooming metaverse <laughs> visions for the 20 years away yeah let's play some good games now rather than think about what's going to happen in 20 years uh, alright well if you want to find out more about what what we are who we are what we do digitaloutbox.com email is info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to get in contact and then twitter we're on digitaloutbox I am on twitter as cheesy uk and uh, Ian we where do you where do you hang out website iandick.com but I don't hang out with glasses on <laughs> no not yet not yet alright thank you very much and speak to you soon bye bye Goodbye. This is a horrible thought that, like, 20 years' time, I'll be 68. Wearing some Welcome to Digital Outbox. Exactly. <laughs> well, Chris, I've put on these what, glasses. What, what did you say? I can't see you. What did you say? <laughs> huh? Who's that? Remember the stories we were coming about like how many people need cataract operations for the use <laughs> of their, their VR glasses? <laughs> the surgery that went wrong inserting the cameras into their eyes. Um and which, sadly, which, yeah. which you'll 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 do through Meta's own health service because clearly course, the NHS yeah. won't, won't exist anymore. It'll all be no, in the metaverse. It certainly will. Uh, in fact, why do you need glasses? We can just you know project these images directly into your brain now. So just hook yourself up to this nutrient machine and off we go. Do you want to take the blue pill or the red pill?